This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. How many of you out there are closet fans of the busy mall at this time of the year? You know, inside, banging each other's buggies, trying to get out of the way, trying to hurry to grab something and pull it down, and all you hear is... As everything else falls off the shelf, they're, you know, grabbing things for. Uh, Amuthan, is this something that um, you've been caught up in in this swell? Who would be a closet fan of that? I feel like people, you know, particularly enjoy people watching and then they could end up at malls for that. But no way. I'm out. I have not hit a mall. Oh, my gosh. I think in about a year. I'm so happy to say that. Like at all? Mm -mm. No malls for me. Even I have actually gone... Two stores attached to malls, but I've taken the external entrance into those stores that yep. I didn't have to even yep. remotely. Oh, I could barely hear the people. Um, yeah, I just love it. But I guess we're kind of at an outdoor mall situation here, so it always oh, right a there. Bit of a vibe. Even, to me, I don't even count that as a mall. I know me neither. But this is the it, most. It is. It's, but it's, it's nice a stretch, if you. But, yeah. Well, and it makes sense because you work there. I mean, I loved that place when it was an indoor mall. Uh, talking at main right. campus where AMI is, folks. At one point in its history, well, it was. It's now an outdoor-ish mall. Before it was an indoor mall, and its original concept, I believe, was an outdoor mall back in the fifties when they opened it up. Oh, if wow. I recall the history of the place, long history. Uh, I was. I, I wasn't there, but I. Sure. Uh, I think at this time of the year, it's a tough sell to have these outdoor things, but they seem to do all right, and they always do kind of fun, fancy things there. So kind of nice. It's less busy, less absurd with people on over the sidewalks or uh, the hallways of the malls. I can't stand it. Holiday time, something like that, right? Yeah, I can't stand it. They're just they're just nutty. I avoid like the plague. Wouldn't even go into any of them at this time of year. But if I was a watcher and just loved the evilness of it, if yeah. I was one of those, with a describer, eh, maybe. Bah humbug, Christmas people with JJ Hunt sitting beside yeah. me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, folks, let's take a look at what we've got coming up on today's program. Star Wars plans to translate the original 1976 Hollywood pick. Oh, excuse me, 1977 pick. I should know that. I went and saw it a year later in 78 because it stayed in the theater so long into Ojibwe. Corinne Van Dusen will have more for us on our entertainment report. Also on the buzz, Mark Phoenix is going to break down a study that states that certain brain implants are actually delivering promising uh, results for people with traumatic brain injuries. So we want to find out more about that. As 2023 comes to an end, we check in with registered nurse Leslie Defoe to discuss the most asked health questions of the year. We'll do that later on in Hour 2 here on Kelly and Rumya. Some other work we have for you folks, we've extended, of course, as we have to do at this time of the year with us not being on the air next week, our book of the month. Uh, it's kind of a book of two months right now. Mm-hmm. Rum, give us a rundown on this book that we've picked and we'll be talking about on January 31st. That's right. So two months for you to read this book along with us. It's kind of a long one, so you know, appreciate the extra time. It's called Emperor of the North, Sir George Simpson 
and the remarkable story of the Hudson's Bay Company. This is a recommendation by Kelly McDonald. Uh, the actual book is written by James Raffan, released in 07. It's human-narrated on Sela. It's, of course, available on Audible, so find it wherever you like. And just a bit about the books, the histories of Sir George Simpson and the Hudson's Bay Company and the 19th century are in many ways one for Simpson's Professional acumen and personal ambitions propelled a failing business to a position of great wealth and political power. It captures Simpson's many sides, a brilliant man who kept an iron grip on his fur forts from east to west, assuring British power across the land, a pompous dandy who is most at home in a Voyager paddle canoe, a man ashamed of his illegitimate birth but went on to sire 13 children, a master businessman who made the foundations for the single greatest enterprise of his day. Uh, as Kelly said, we'll be reviewing it on Tuesday, January 30th, actually, not the 31st, so we will chat about it then. Give us your comments. Uh, by writing feedback at ami.ca or call us 1-866-509-4545 because as we review with each other, it will always be great to have some commentary from you along with that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I've started the book. Uh, yeah. I love history stuff and I like getting a picture in my mind. It's kind of J.J. Huntish again to, to bring him up for the second time this segment. But the descriptions of old London, England, uh, as this story starts, as it unfolds, as we get to know him. Um, I love the stories that we're going to hear when he gets over to Canada and, and or whatever happens, because this is a company that really started. In England, mm. the business of. So I know he obviously gets over there because of the Voyager canoes and everything. But boy, I, I, I'm expecting some wonderful depictions, some great history. Interesting. And when you think how old the Hudson Bay Company, Hudson Bay is, wow, what a history and something pretty prideful, I think, at our end. So um, that's kind of what made me pick this book. And we'll talk more about that on the 30th. My apologies, the 30th, Tuesday, the 30th. Uh, thanks, Ron, for reading that. Mm -hmm, no problem. Looking forward to reading it. It's good Christmas reading, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, believe me, it is. Is it? <laughs> it's got to be, right? It is a long yeah, enough book it. that now we needed the two be. months. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, most people, you will start it around January the 10th. But still, it, it, just to try to give you that extra time, we picked it nice yeah. and early and give you the two months for it. Because as Rum mentioned, it is a bit of a longer read. We'll step aside for a couple of moments, ladies and gentlemen. When we return, let's talk about critics are cautioning Canada's plan to expand eligibility for medical assistance in dying. Grant Hardy, he'll be here to discuss this with us on his headline segment in two minutes. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Remember, repeats of the program start 10 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio and on AMI-tv. Check us out. AMI-tv has us on a repeat 1 a.m. in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning on AMI-audio. Wherever you're checking us out across Canada, welcome to the program. And around the world via AMI-audio, we appreciate your time as we march closer to Christmas and remind you next week we aren't on the air live. Whatever content fills our space, including us, repeats of us, hey, man, give it some time. Take a listen, and uh, we'll we will catch you back in the new year. But lots ahead. We'll even talk about our Friday show shortly because this week, as usual, as we march into the holiday, the Christmas break, uh, a pretty special show for you. Rummy and I'd like to welcome in from Vancouver, Mr. Grant Hardy. 
Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. Producer reporter Grant Hardy always bringing to us some interesting things to talk about and fill out this segment, as usual, with um, a lot of stuff that makes you sometimes, Grant, say, wow, mm, let's talk about that. And we're going to do that today. Welcome back. Thank you. A little bit of a heavier topic before we get into the fun and games here of the holiday season. But uh, this uh, credit also goes to you for this, Kelly. And uh, just a content warning for uh, discussions about mental illness, suicide, and medical assistance and dying. Um, so it turns out that Canada is actually set on March 17th to expand medical assistance in dying to people with an, uh, in, uh, mental illness. And proponents of this are giving an argument that I have not even considered, considered, which is that allowing people with incurable physical illness and disabilities to carry out made without giving that consideration to people with an uh, ir irremediable mental illness amounts to discrimination on the basis of disability, which is sort of an interesting one. Uh, but critics counter that there is insufficient evidence to predict whether or not someone will recover from a mental illness. Uh, there are some comments from Ottawa that this ex uh, expansion is not a certainty and that they may sort of talk about pausing it. They're kind of flip-flopping back and uh, forth uh, because the repeated fear is that doctors and nurse practitioners would use their own personal values to assess eligibility, and it may not be possible to distinguish a made request from someone who simply wants an assisted suicide. It turns mm. out there's not even really a very clear like definition of even really what the difference is. Uh, and also some of the people who are criticizing this uh, are patients who just say that on a like structural basis, struggling with suicide, uh, struggling with depression, there simply isn't the care, the tools, or the support available out of the public health care system. Uh, one person quoted in the article who has struggled with depression since her teens uh, and has attempted to take her life before um, mentioned that she was not able to get help until she went to a private healthcare service years and years later, but ultimately was able to get help. And it was that hope that kept her alive. Here's what your thoughts are. I'm, I th believe you guys know from discussions on the show that I'm, I would say I'm primarily opposed to made in, except for incredibly specific situations where people have maybe planned this out years earlier where there's some sort of either incredible uh incredible change in their life condition or or an incredible amount of pain and and discomfort and disability that makes living just unsuitable which could not be resolved if society had the correct like structure and support mm -hmm. i'm highly uncomfortable about this and really opposed to this because we know that mental health support is not 
appropriately provided in the public health care system. Yeah. Yeah, and that core foundational issue with MAID that you pointed out and that, you know, at some point or another we've discussed before, which is uh, who decides, right? Like, you're, you, people are in positions where they might feel uh, that at that moment, almost as a reactionary thing to the lack of support, to lack of um, uh, social support or medical support or anything, like even just friends and family, like any kind of support system that they think made is the only option left for them. But then you you hear about, okay, but how? then who, you know, approves that or who um, extends that into making it a legitimate situation and there's no real one size fits all answer to that grant and clearly they haven't put enough uh effort around the decision making and why it's important to even think of that as a nuanced conversation like i it frustrates me also because i know that this seems this kind of feels like which is so ironic but it feels like a band-aid fix to a much, much, much deeper problem. Yeah, no, it does. It, it feels like a an easy way out and yes. a, a Band-Aid fix less so for the victims of a mental health struggle, but for, for society. Yeah. It's, it's an easy answer to something that we have, like, solutions for now. We just don't – we're not applying them in the public health care system. We that oh, we've yeah. just decided for whatever reason we don't have the resources to look after mental health, which doesn't really make sense because it's you know just as important as physical health. So it feels it feels a little bit to me like a solution that might help. T- dare I say, take some of the? Ugh, I almost don't want to say it, but like take some of the. Es- essentially assist the healthcare system in sort of dealing with people, but not assist the people mm. who are struggling. Exactly. And the thing is, it's irreversible. Like, we're not talking about um, even things like um, facilities or institutions where we can have an argument or have disagreement on whether this approach is okay or not okay. Do we uh, take people out, put people in? What kind of, how can we change? Like when we're talking made, there is no turning back for people who have uh, gone through it. You know, there's, there's literally no way to come back from that. So we're just essentially saying like, how long is this thing going to go on for before we start understanding that our, our awareness is bigger than this. I think you get into a position of slippery slope. Yeah. The issue that oh, you don't know if someone can be cured, if someone can be helped, we don't know because we don't have a crystal ball to see the future. We don't know if an injury miraculously that may be causing a person or persons in the world pain in two years might be eradicated because of a breakthrough technology, a breakthrough medication or a natural um, remedy that f- we we haven't even imagined. There's so much we haven't, we can't imagine that's going to happen in five years, let alone stuff that we couldn't imagine five years ago that's here now, whether it be medical or or breakthroughs. So I think we get concerned about making that mistake. Like you said, you can't come back from assisting someone's death and then later find out a month later, hey, I didn't know this was out there. 
We didn't know. The doctors didn't know that this was a new breakthrough that could have helped this person. But I think what we have to remember, too, are the red tape that keeps people in the position of wanting, needing, as far as they're concerned, their lives have been this for years, the pain, the, the troubles. They're ready to go. We think about this with seniors that are maybe 85, 95, 100, that they know I'm ready to go. If it's my time, I'm ready to go. And we just say, well, they, you, you kind of know. And we accept that because of all the years and stuff like that. But we're unsure, especially when it comes to mental health, do they really know? And I don't know how anyone can really know, whether you're dealing with pain, whether you've just right. been in an accident, whether, yeah, I, I, I don't know because that's my situation. If I were in a situation where I was that person, I might darn well know, I'm done, man, I'm done. And it's hard to well, believe that one could know that and feel that way. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, exactly. And I think that basically sums up, you know, my belief that, mm. you know, if you tell your friends, your family, you know, when I turn like such and such, like, this is how I would like to have a, you know, sort of dignified end to my life, whatever. Right. I'm in right, sound do not mind. Right, resuscitate order yeah. that people yeah, yeah. have often that, that they put plan. in, of course. Mm -hmm. I yep. think that's absolutely fine. The, the issue with mental health primarily, even looking at, you know, like, I'm, of course, this, you know, wouldn't apply to minors, but just looking at, like, you know, teens or, or young adults who, are, are mm -hmm. taking their own lives who think that things are yeah. so hopeless and irrecoverable uh, that we we know, dare I say, that with the right therapies, the right support, you really, even hearing from survivors like who have tried to take their lives and, and been unsuccessful, uh, that, you know, things can really turn around. And, and that's frustrating. Yeah, well, that's the slippery slope that I meant that as we, as we make it, Easier cutting away the red tape for those living in such conditions where they're sure that we also have to account for those who may say, what makes you so sure that 45 year old knows more than me at 19? I know I'm ready to go. And these are the slippery slopes that we're afraid of and try to circumvent. So we don't have that. So we do give a person, look, please take a chance. Let's see what, 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 we, what we can work through with counseling, with this, with that, with this medication. And there are those who just say, no, I'm ready now. They're afraid of making it so easy that it's a sign on the dotted line. And, you know, we don't know. Is that what the person really wanted? Mm. And right now we're stuck with people who take their lives um, and we're always asking that question, if they could have, if I could have known, if we could have, if, 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 and it is, it is, and we are going to lose people who are so sure they're done and we're not sure. As much also, of those biases it was that you talked about. Well, and it's like the biases yeah. you mentioned, Grant, about the doctors. Yeah. All right. You're, you are right. You were human beings. We all have biases. Yeah. And what we, you, some people have, we've heard people say, if I were blind, I wouldn't want to live. Well, yeah, exactly. And we we see that with people who, you know, maybe lose a sense, lose an ability, you know, have a, a breakup, you know, have like whatever else happened to them that say, like, that's it. I do not want to continue. And it's hard to say, no, you're wrong. Or we're not going to let you make that choice. But we know too that oftentimes with the correct support the correct tools whatever it is good cognitive behavioral therapy medication counseling what, whatever is needed that you can really turn things around so that's mm. that's definitely yep. the issue for me it, it's tough because we have rights to do certain things in our world 
that one would argue, well, if you're going to take away someone's right to think this through as much as they can and, and decide they're ready for an assisted death, but you're going to let people parachute and take the chance, th there are those who would put it in that same context of, are you not making a decision that could be fatal? Sure, this is a person saying, I am okay with this decision. And one would argue, well, I'm okay with taking the chances parachuting. And I don't know if somebody in that position would even remotely suggest that I'm just making a ridiculous comparison. I, I don't know. I'm not in that position right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Fantastic. Um, if if you'd like me to squeeze in one quick other thing here, uh, I sort of have a... I don't think we have not the quite time. quite enough time already, today. no worries. Not quite. We've got about a minute, Grant. Um, so, but anything you want to say in closing? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know that I can really wrap this up in sort of a, a warm and fuzzy uh, way. Uh, however, uh, we do have some great holiday content coming up. Really looking forward to Friday. I'm going to be back on yeah. for a little bit of fun and games to kind of take our yeah, mind off. What are you off. doing on you know? Friday, Grantley? Uh, oh, I, I got nothing. no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Well, nothing. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> He's quizmaster. We, we know who's not part of the quiz. Can't believe you got oh. away with that. I, how did we? What? How did we decide on that? We I didn't. Think we need to... He politely stepped down. It was so kind of him. I volunteered to make room for Grant, <laughs> Rum, all of our contestants. We wow. hadn't even gotten to the discussion it's, of quiz, and he's like, "Guys, before you say anything, I am willing to sacrifice." It's myself. because he's so kind and selfless. I, know. I never even it's thought of that gift. when you said that, Kelly. He loves my, us so much. You guys. Yet. I admire the way you got out of that. I didn't even think about that at the time. <laughs> Proactive stepping down. Exactly. Well, hold on. What was the first part of that word? Pro. Anyway, Grant, thanks, pal. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> Wonderful topic, of course, Grant bringing us headlines. We do this on Mondays and Wednesdays on the program. Really appreciated the conversation. Hope you did. And, and um, for those out there, you know, we, we, we hope that we explored it. Um, in, in a very respectable way. And if you have thoughts, please do reach out. Let us know. We, we're always curious what people think and what we're talking about. Coming up after the break, Star Wars plans to translate the original 1977 Hollywood hit into the Ojibwe language. Corinne Van Dusen joins us. She has more about it on our Entertainment Report next. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. A real special treat this weekend, folks. Catch the Pulse this Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time for the Pulse's annual Christmas story. This year, The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. That's the Pulse this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on AMI-audio. It's also available on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. That's going to be splendid read. It's going to be really enjoyable. A wonderful gift that the, the gang over at The Pulse gives to us at this time of the year. Kelly McDonald with Ramya Muthan. Let's get to our bi-weekly entertainment chat we have with Corinne Van Dusen. She's been keeping us posted on everything going on in the entertainment world, and we're very grateful. I'm Corinne Van Dusen. Join me as we dive into the latest entertainment stories from music, television, and movies here with Kelly and Ramya. Corinne, there are literally topics that you bring on this segment that I would otherwise never know about if you didn't bring it on. So 
Let's get to this one, because the first one's a good example of this. The mm -hmm. Galaxy of Star Wars is expanding once again because there are plans to translate the original 1977 Hollywood hit into the Ojibwe language. I'm very curious about the intention behind this, so who's working on it? Well, it's Lucasfilms which is kind of a given because they own Star Wars. Uh -huh. um, but they've paired with the Dakota Ojibwe Tribal Council and the University of Manitoba. They've reached an agreement to record the dubbed Ojibwe version of The New Hope. So it is, as I said, the Lucasfilm Company, which has worked on the film, made the film, uh, Dakota Ojibwe Tri Tribal Council and the University of Manitoba all coming together for this. Um, gee, that's so cool. Um, I'm really curious, though, how it was chosen. What what made them say we want to do this in Ojibwe? Well, producers say that it was chosen because it's the most spoken indigenous language in Manitoba, Ontario, and Minnesota. Hence the um, Dakota Ojibwe Tribal Council and the University of Manitoba. About 320,000 speakers of Ojibwe are across Canada and the United States. We hear from uh, Carrie Miller, the Associate Vice President of Indigenous Research and Curriculum at University of Manitoba. Uh, they say the dub version will make the Ojibwe language more accessible, particularly to younger generations who carry the knowledge of the community into the future. Mm. Nice. Um, and I'm curious about their like call, uh, like, it's not really casting call, but you know, call out to the community. So how are they finding people who speak the language to dub the movie? Well, if you can speak Ojibwe, you can audition. Nice. You know, voice actor Easy. auditions are expected to take place next year in Winnipeg. More information is available at StarWarsOjibwe.com. Com. So if you would like to um, have a recording session there, try out, maybe uh, get a get a role to dub a voice there. Again, they're going to be in Winnipeg where they'll have recording sessions sometime next year. No firm dates have been given. And the hope is to premiere the movie in Winnipeg and then theatrical screenings across Canada, eventually coming to uh, APTN, the television uh -huh. network, sometime again next year. Because obviously the announcement has come that they're going to do this but they have to get everyone in place. You have to record it and then they can bring it out. It's good though. They've already oh. put it out there. So, you know, it's happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Oh back yeah. Now. It'd be interesting too. the, the, the translation and, and areas are things that are so different because, you know, every language has something that is different that they may or may not have as, as word choices or, and, and how do you, you, you do that? So I, I bet that'd be fascinating to speak to somebody, people, some of the people doing that translation and saying, yeah, we didn't have an Ojibwe word for that. So this is what <laughs> we did. I think that's cool. Um, your second story, 2023 films selected for preservation at the National Film Registry. Um, there are 25 films. What are some of the films that would be the standout titles here? Well, I found this and I thought, how appropriate, because there were two films that I was thinking of, Home Alone being uh -huh. the number one one, because we are in the Christmas season. And when do you watch Home Alone? But during yeah. the holiday season. Uh, that uh, film was made in 1990, directed by Christopher Columbus. Uh, and the, the write-up they have here is a holiday classic about, let's face it, deeply questionable parenting. <laughs> <laughs> in a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it made Macaulay Culkin a star as Kevin. I don't know how many impressions go around of people putting their hands on the side of their face and screaming. Uh, <laughs> but it's definitely something to do. So I thought I 
I thought it was cool that they're bringing Home Alone in this time. The other movie that's um, around this kind of air uh, genre is The Nightmare Before Christmas, the uh. Tim Burton film from 1993, also being inducted. So those two have a holiday feel to them. The other names I want to bring up, Apollo 13, which gave oh, us, do you know, yeah. the, uh, the, the quotation that that film has given us? I don't remember. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, I want to say no, but I know it's an obvious one, isn't it? Incredibly Houston, obvious. we have a problem. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was that was out in 1995 and people are still saying it. So <laughs> um, Lady and the Tramp from 1955, the Disney classic canine love story featuring the most famous spaghetti kiss in animated history, they say. <laughs> uh, love and Basketball, 12 Years a Slave and 20 Feet from Stardom all going in there those are just some of the 25 movies they range from the 1920s all the way to modern day for choices that can be uh preserved now have they let us in on the process of choosing these movies well it's based on their cultural and historic importance okay. so they're chosen by the catchphrase of you know well ron howard's apollo 13 is a, a pretty great movie um, and it, the history that it documented, the catchphrase, everyone can, well, not everyone's, or a lot of people can quote Home Alone, and it is a cultural phenomenon. John Hughes, the uh, the writer there, bringing a lot of people together. So it seems to me like that, the cultural and historical importance, but it seems to me that the movies are kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like yeah, nostalgia yeah. or like it's just made <laughs> it through in one way or another. Like you said, the and impressions, the quotes. It, mm -hmm. It's sort of hard because when you talk something years ago, to us, it's like, what relevance did this have? <laughs> and sometimes it has to be explained. And we say, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that. And and I, I get that, especially at them going around and looking like I, the Apollo 13. I, yeah, of course. But I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Right. And, I but it's like you know say, that well, quote anywhere, even well, if you, you haven't watched the movie. Do. Yeah. Yeah, and same like what, what Corinne said about Macaulay Culkin, you know. And, ah! You know, like, like of course you're going to, oh, yeah, okay, I, I, I get that. Is that an importance to the world, really, and world world power and everything like that? Of course not. It's it, But it's what we know and the relevance. So, uh, But it must be fun kind of picking those out and saying, and making that initial suggestion, hey, what about this movie? Because the guy does that weird thing with his nose. Yeah, yeah, everybody did that for years <laughs> afterward. Um, let's talk about American Doll live action movie is your next topic. Barbie might be joined, soon joined by another mantle doll on the big screen. Um, what doll is coming to the big screen this time? It's the uh, toy production company Maytel <laughs> mm -hmm. that's making this. Um, so as you said, it's the American Girl doll that's coming to the screen. Uh, they're going to bring the doll that was first launched in 1986 to the live action screen. It's going to be produced by the company that did Twilight and The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. 32 million American Girl dolls have been sold. Get out. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. humongous. I had no idea well, it was I, that big. I had no idea, as you could see by the way I read that. It's like, huh? What? <laughs> that's like, are we talking a specific one here? Well, yeah, Kelly, this one. <laughs> that's phenomenal. 
Yeah, they actually uh, started with the film in 2019. They pitched it. They had partnered with MGM, Mattel had. Mm. But uh, the plans fizzled out there. And then once Barbie hit the screen, the live action uh, movie. Like it's our comeback. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's decided that uh, if you're you're in Dolph, we can find someone to play you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Does that mean that G.I. Joe and the gang will will Uh. come back again? Maybe. You never know. Like, we never know, right? Uh-huh. Like, the thing is, they no, have to do it to see if this is just a, a Barbie thing or it can be the next yep. trend of live-action doll movies. For the next 50 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, it, with that, with the live-action toy movies, any other titles in the works that you're aware of? Apparently, some 14 live-action films are in the works. Uh, The the titles I found that I would say, like, make sense that I could picture in my mind a movie being made around, uh, Hot Wheels, the toys, because they're cars that can race. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Magic 8-Ball has uh, something about it that's spooky. So, like, you know, can the Magic 8-Ball really tell you what's going to happen and what's not? I'd watch that psychological thriller. Polly Pocket, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Turning a toy into a psychological thriller <laughs> from the makers of uh, Chucky and Child's Play. Come, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're selling it. What are you talking about? Okay, there yeah. you go. Let's put this together. Uh, Polly Pocket and Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh, um, okay. But the only one that I I can't picture and I don't know how they're going to do is the card game Uno. Uh, oh, oh, interesting. That could Ooh, be another freaky one. Like. I'm thinking of, you know, um, what are those boards? The Ouija boards, that kind mm-hmm. of. Maybe it's just me. I just want to thrill Man, it. I was going to say, you're making all of these dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. It's creative. Like How a pol- well, maybe one, like though? the game of life kind of thing, because Uno right. has a reverse card. Yeah. It has pick yeah. up four. And but it's not even like a world. That. No. You know what I mean? So, that's, but- that's why it would be kind of. Wow. But how many people wow, around the world play Uno? That's it's, true. it's a pretty universal game, right? Because it has to do Oh, maybe with, that's uh, what it'll be about. Colors and numbers. So yeah. I'm sorry, but it's of relevance, and that's why. And its impact on society, <laughs> it'll be in the top 25. Is there a toy movie that you'd like to pitch, Corinne, to these uh, production companies? Um, well, I was thinking about it, and I thought Fisher Price has a lot of interesting toys. Ah, true. That's yeah, you're up my do, alley. You can create a whole world with the uh, oh. the figures of the people and the cars and the towns that they have put together. So that that's just my blanket thinking of like, you know, Ryan Gosling played uh, Ken. So Ryan Reynolds plays the, you know, cop in the Fisher Price movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Or this guy leading the safari, right? With his tent mm-hmm. trailer and everything and stopping the lion and tigers chase him. Sorry. I'm remembering my toys. <laughs> <laughs> Rum, do you have anyone I that you would have, suggest that you would nah, like? Not oh, really. I know, I'm so Rummy boring. is making a, I'm a making... tarot card movie and a Ouija board movie. Yeah. Like, I'm making what's already out there, just turn it dark. Flip the switch yeah. and Rummy is making make it King a Kong visits Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. you know? so, Whatever. Like, there's take a any. Monopoly New York. There's a whole board game. There's plethora out there. Pick oh, your yeah. fave. Oh, yeah. Just a, or or the revisit of or the revenge of Parker Brothers, right? Right, Corinne. Holy cow, Ooh. that's amazing. Yep, you should start writing these down, Ramya. Yeah, we yeah. Can get some spec, spec scripts together. Yes, yes. And, uh, Especially with you want all that. What was the original stuff? one we said? It was going to be the Magic Eight Ball. That's right. Yep. Good. Because if that's not a psychological thriller when it comes out, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, you'll make it one. 
Or you'll just lay there and complain about it. This isn't scary at all. I was hoping, and anyone around you will just like forget it. Go eat some more popcorn. Oh gosh, Corinne, awesome! Thank you. Yeah, you're done with this, but you will be back on Friday as part of our uh, holiday show. So I will. I'm taking part in the quiz. So I'm yes. going to study up. Yeah, thank on, you, Corinne. Uh... I appreciate that you're in yeah, there. Yeah, you're literally uh, taking over we just... Kelly. Being part of we were quiz. just discussing that with Mr. Hardy, you know, and uh, it'll be a wonderful time. I'm yeah. sure everybody he will be good down sports, so you can unlike step Rumya. Into the quiz. Anyways, I'm still taking part I'm in getting, sports today. I'm getting a, a vibe here that Kelly's not the biggest fan of a, being oh, no. in a quiz. No, he's or... just being so kind. Oh, generous. Uh, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just making way for the rest of mm-hmm. you to have fun. The giving spirit of the holiday the season, right. Kelly. Yep. I have to start Sharing early. is caring, all that stuff. Big personality <laughs> okay. at Christmas, right? I have to still, I have to start it. It's just that way. The big man says so. Yeah. Thanks, Karini. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Corinne Van Dusen joining us for bi-weekly entertainment chats. And that's the last one of 2023. Next, Mark Phoenix breaks down a study uh, stating at brain impacts that deliver um, promising results for people with traumatic brain injuries. Uh, he'll be getting into this conversation, filling us in after this when we return to the program. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. She's on main campus in Toronto at AMI headquarters. I'm at the home studio, London, Ontario. So we've been teasing it, talking about the quiz, but Rum, there's a lot more involved with our Friday show because it's the Christmas show. It's our holiday special. It's our kitchen party. First time on TV. Yes, there's always much more than we just tease here. There is the returning hilarious skit from our friends in the UK. I'll say no more about that, but I did laugh so hard I was crying uh and there is let's see food conversations there's poetry there are polls did I mention the polls already yes yesterday I was telling you about them um, oh yeah <laughs> with people's votes on you know how we found out David Aaron's favorite cake is fruit Christmas-y. cake not the oh sorry I have that backwards oh don't spread so, misinformation darn it Kelly. I shouldn't have sent him one either <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know where to send it to? Better not be at the office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. It'll disappear. You guys are there too uh-huh. much. But, yeah, there's a quiz. There's a lot of, like, year-end fun things. There's also a guest who will be there Friday who's also here today. Really? Yeah. Santa's hanging around again? <laughs> I thought he's busy loading everything Does he call up. himself Santa? Among other things. Oh. Uh, Phoenix, are you a um, fruitcake or uh, you a log person? Mm, I no, I'm not a fruitcake person. I've never heard of this log business. You're oh. gonna have to inform me here. The Yule log? Yeah, you've never had one, eh? Mm, I, I'm trying to remember a, how if I have either. Not that's like a I dessert. Mean, I like had one kicking around. No, eh? No, I, I Yule logs, as far as I know, are things you set on fire in a fireplace. If there's oh. a meat, like, <laughs> oh, if there's no. a dish. Well, this yeah. is news to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, you'll have I mean, to look that up, yummy. Mark. Yes, and then I we'll will. find. I always think it sounds yummy, but I, I figured it also was costly enough that my family would never make it appear at Christmas time. So, <laughs> to be fair, Mark, well, I didn't know what a Yule log was till I googled yeah, it for this purpose. Also, so what is well, it? I don't know, but it, does, it sounds better than a fruit cake. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. The thing I'm waiting for is my mother-in-law's gumdrop cake. <gasps> she 
she sent one to us when we lived in Toronto every year for, you know, like a decade and a half. And now we live a lot closer and we can have it really fresh instead of having been in the mail for a week. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> a gumdrop cake. So gumdrop with cakes, it being mailed yeah. to you, you know how we say that um, fruitcake can last forever and that kind of, can a gumdrop cake last a long time too? Absolutely, it can. Uh, you wrap it well, you keep it cool, and I mean, it, I mean, it was still pretty fresh by the time it got to us. So I can't complain in that regard. Um, That's one I it will. Never it will of. survive a trip through Canada Post. Mm. Oh, okay. Is that because it's just enough gumdrop in it that if you actually drop it, bang it around, it it just survives it all. It just bounces exactly. back into its there. shape. There you go. Yeah, that's exactly that's what's amazing. going on. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty I cool. love it. And very I hope tasty. there's a mistake. I hope there's a mistake and it gets mailed here. Oh no, I guess you got it walked right to your door now. <laughs> pretty ah, much. That's too bad. You keep keep I'll those fingers crossed though, Kelly. We'll see if a slice shows up at your uh, compound. Uh, I can dream. Anyway, there sir, where are you starting? Well, we're uh, starting in the U.S. This is from CTV News. Some sad news for uh, nerds, unfortunately. One of the highest profile video game conventions is being shut down permanently, its organizers said Ooh. last Tuesday. The Electronic Entertainment Expo, known as E3, had been held annually in Los Angeles since 1995, my goodness, and was a popular spot for game companies to tease their latest creations before they hit store shelves. The Entertainment Software Association was the group that hosted it. It had already been on hiatus since the pandemic broke out and forced its cancellation in June 2020. Uh, I was already having some trouble before the pandemic with a lot of companies either skipping the event or staging their own events nearby. It held a virtual only event in 2021. It planned to come back this year, but it was canceled after reports that industry giants Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo would not attend, which would pretty much gut the event. So they've decided to wrap it up. Quote, after more than two decades of serving as a central showcase for the U.S. and global video game industry, ESA has decided to end E3. The group said its mm. focus going forward will be to support member companies and the industry's workforce. So wow. if you want to pick up some swag, see what's new, or pick up the kinds of uh, respiratory infections that tend to go around conventions, you're going to have to find another one. <laughs> Mark, do you have an we'll idea what one might on. be? Exactly. <laughs> Mark, do you have any idea what will we'll step up or where people will go? What is the next one that would be the well, popular one where they can catch as, these viruses? I mean, as, these games. <laughs> viruses, games, it all works out. Uh, as thing, far right? as I know. <laughs> yeah, promote, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, as yeah, far exactly. as I know, the, the, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show still runs in Las Vegas. Yeah, so you can go to the one. center of the convention universe mm. and get your uh, convention crud there. And your so, swag. Guys are disgusting. Rum, when Mark <laughs> teased us the other day, did you think it was that one? The consumer? You, I knew you must have had something. I heard oh. the hamster running in your wheel in your head. I saying, mean, I hey. read it. I read the headline and I was like, what's E3? So clearly oh, okay. I'm not even remotely yeah. connected to the video gaming no, community. A, not I thought that was something enough. from Star Wars too. <laughs> not oh, nerdy enough. Oh, E3X4. A, a, a droid that spits out convention crud. <laughs> Exactly. Not, not very in demand. In That's going to be at CES, yeah. So, oh, yeah. God. Well, That's let's try awesome. something a little healthier, a little more, a uh, little better news. Uh, this is from yeah. Smithsonian Magazine. 
where researchers in a small study have discovered that surgical brain implants may prove to be an effective way to restore cognitive function in patients with traumatic brain injuries. Uh, you know this is serious business because they published the results Monday in the journal Nature Medicine. So, you know, not some rando journal that you've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. uh, to test the implants, the research team recruited six participants small study, who had sustained moderate to severe traumatic brain injuries between three and 18 years ago. They ran cognitive tests to measure their initial ability to focus and switch tasks. They then surgically implanted an electrode that could uh, stimulate a region of the brain called the central lateral nucleus, which is located in the thalamus, a region linked to learning and memory. After a traumatic injury, cells in this region may have died, damaged, been disconnected. So the researcher's hypothesis was that an electrical device might restore some of those lost connections. Uh, you can think of it almost like a pacemaker, according to uh, Nicholas, according to uh, uh, someone named Henderson. Uh, their first name doesn't seem to be here. who was a co-author of the study. This was told to a new scientist. Uh, one participant had to withdraw because of a scalp infection. Oops. Uh, the remaining five Ooh. underwent a series of tests starting one month after the surgery. In all, the subject showed improvements between 15 to 52 percent on a test that measures executive function. They had set a benchmark of 10 percent, so they ran well beyond that. Uh, the study seems to demonstrate that it is possible to, if not completely repair or heal, at least try to overcome some of the damage caused by traumatic brain injuries. And uh, I mean, millions of people suffer them throughout their lifetime. I'm sure mm -hmm. you, uh, a lot of the people on this, uh, a lot of people watching and listening to this, either are someone or know someone who suffered a TBI. So the idea that there might actually be uh, a method of restoring some of that lost function is a major advance. They conducted interviews with uh, many of the participants. Many reported robust changes. After the injury, some of the volunteers had difficulty with concentration and focus. Afterward, After the implant, they were able to engage in activities they used to enjoy, such as complex multiplayer games or reading. Uh, according to uh, the mother of one of the participants, they said, I got my daughter back. It's a miracle. It's so profound for us. She's reemerged. The maturity she's showing, she can stop and think before she acts. It's changed everything. One participant had to abandon plans to go to law school after a car crash at age 22. Uh, 18 years later, she received the implant and reports to the publication, it changed her life. I can be a normal human being and have a conversation, she uh, told uh, a publication. It's kind of amazing how I've seen myself improve. The next step is to expand the study to more patients so they can further test the safety and efficacy of the implants as per science news. But wow, a stunning development and excellent news. Um, uh, like I said, a lot of people are going to suffer brain injuries over the course of their lifetime. Uh -huh. and having some method to be able to regain some of that lost function is frankly miraculous. Wow. Just has me like I'm on the verge of tears. You hear some of these comments. This mm. stuff is is so powerful. The differences, and I I can just hear the voices as you read some of that, Mark, of the people who who just we were talking about this with Grant and not knowing what tomorrow, what's around the corner when it comes to certain life situations where people have given up 
or said, listen, this is my destiny. This is what I'm prepared for. This is what I don't want to deal with. Uh, or I'm I'm dealing with this, hopefully down the way. And here comes down the way for some people. It's It's tremendous. Absolutely. And as, you know, as disabled people, we've had to adapt to various things, oh, yeah. either from birth or if, you know, someone's disability is acquired over the course of their life, they've had to adapt after, you know, many years of having had certain functions. Mm. And, you know, people with TBIs have had to adapt as well. And many oh, do. Yeah. Um, having a technological adaptation that can overcome some of the difficulties faced is, you know, something any pretty I think a lot of people would want access to. And if this proves to be something consistently helpful, yeah, I think you're going to see a lineup of people willing to let doctors root around in their brains to try to restore some function. Sure, I mean, sure. Certainly. I, I know, I know losing cognitive function is one of the things I personally fear. I mean, I've got enough to deal with in the so first many place. Of us do. I can't lose much else. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, having the possibility that it may not be permanent loss of capability, you know, it, it lets you breathe a little bit easier, you know, well, thinking of... about going skydiving, you know, halo jumping, <laughs> playing yeah. professional football. Actually, that would be a, that would be a serious one. I thought you said half of these things players. were just not allowed in your household. You were forbidden. Or yeah, well, yeah. You know, we'll, okay. we'll see. If well, I now can, with know. this technology. Um... Well, the, and the professional football, he just hasn't gotten that good at, at receiving the ball. Right, the so close. Him. So I mean, now you have an opportunity. You know, the site makes him miss it all the time. No, but honestly, I mean, though, that... mm -hmm. I could say that's a population where they do suffer traumatic brain injuries over a lot. the course, yeah, of of course of their course. employment. And the, yeah. the effects have been, frankly, horrifying. Horrifying. That and set of uh, people. So for, I, I have to imagine a lot of former football players might be very interested in seeing this technology advance so that they can have a life after their career. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and a lot has been done even with people who receive from those head injuries, epilepsy, and like we saw Muhammad Ali and, and that kind of thing, the head injuries that bring on so many other and scar tissues that, that advance problems. Sorry, Rump. Yeah, and long-term effects, a lot of what people, as you saw with the testimonials, a lot of what people express is oh, yeah. that they just can't understand. They know that this is not who they are, but they can't recall, they can't remember, they can't, uh, you know, put their finger on whatever it is that, you know what I mean? It's things that make you feel very helpless or, like, you could do better but can't, and that part of it is... I, I think back to Jeff and Karen and when we had um, the two of them on the show, Karen McGee and her partner Jeff, and the things that Jeff explained from a, a firsthand, you know, experience of a TBI, uh, it, it's just difficult to imagine that, you know, you feel like you're not yourself, right? And that's what I'm hearing in a lot of these testimonies that you read out, Mark. And you're aware again. of it. And yeah. you're so aware yes. that you're not. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we'll talk to you in the future. Oh, are we, some are we out of time? And, 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 yeah, and you know, the hope that you're talking about, again, you know, in this area, so many areas, it's step by step. And what does this mean? We know, obviously, it's, it's going to be different for each person. And like you say, that those tests, the rooting around to see, will this work for you? But there's so many it will. There's so many differences. And it's that start we need. Thanks, man. Certainly. Thank you. Mark Phoenix joining us on the program, filling in, covering the buzz for Bill Shackleton, who's been away the last few weeks. And uh, Mark will take us in to the holidays, uh, filling in. So that means he is back tomorrow here on the program. Coming up for the next hour of the show, we're going to find out what some of the biggest sports stories were of the year. Brock Richardson's going to join us this week and uh, talk a little sports later on in the program and sum up the year and a few other things. 
And as uh, 2023 comes to an end, we check in with registered nurse Leslie Depoe to discuss the most asked health questions this year. Up next, however, what are some fun activities you can do around Toronto on New Year's Eve? Stephen Ricci will let us know. Our community reporter from Toronto checks in next. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. We do this most days. We have a second hour to the program. And I say most days because some people out there are saying, you do it every day, Monday to Friday. So true, except... On Friday the 29th, we have one hour. It's called but broadcasting. It was a mistake, like, you know, mm -hmm. impl like impl impl <laughs> other words I can't say and so on, or impact instead Implement. of implants and so on. Like, good grief. It's been a week of can't uh, say this word, can't say that. you made it all up, anyway, yep. Available afterward on AMI Plus. You can check out our primetime special. Everybody's looking forward to this. This has been put together by us, uh, our team, and Apple Orchard Productions that have uh, really came out in full force and made a very special event. Why so special? Everybody's work, yeah, but you, the audience that will watch it, and the audience that joined us that day uh, for the show, and uh, the band, uh, our comic Dan and Kath uh, Catherine, who was with us on the show yesterday, uh, we all just just had a great old time and are very, 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 very privileged. Ramya Muthan, she's at the studio in Toronto. Kelly McDonald here at the Home Studio in London, Ontario. Let's get into, oh my gosh, the last community report of 2023. I'm so sentimental. That's why I keep bringing these things up. Stephen Ricci joins us from ah. Toronto. I am. Uh, oh, my to, mic was supposed to be off. <laughs> to tell us what's going on here. Maybe we'll get into some of the holiday planning. Stephen, I hear you have a Santa hat on. I have a Santa hat on and I have a festive shirt on and I'm, I can't believe it's already the 20th of December. Where did the year go, ladies I and gentlemen? Know. I'm I know. a sentimental guy myself. I have a tear running down my leg as we speak. Um, <laughs> and oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Was my mic on? Anyways, Thank yes, God we're uh, alive and we must yeah, move there on. There seems to be this problem with these mics on at the wrong moment, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So uh, I, I, I wanted to, you know, talk with you guys a little bit about the, the holiday season in sure. Toronto and specifically New Year's. And, you know, we're already trying, you know, uh, over the years, uh, I've been living in Toronto uh, for 60 years. And it seems every year you're trying to figure out what to do. You always want to... There's too many options. Sorta, yeah, there sure is. And, and you know, over the years, we've, we've had lots of different... Uh, uh, activities and adventures, uh, intimate uh, with friends, and and uh, as I mentioned in my little script there, uh, or party like it's 1999, which yeah. is sort of <laughs> the way I like to roll. But uh, you know, I remember when our kids were young and and going out, it was like we just stayed home because we wanted to be ready for my wife to pick them up. You know, the the taxi mum sort of ah, thing. So, yes, but getting yes. around is getting around is another thing. But you but you, you know remember what? that 1999 New Year's Eve? right and uh, y2k concerns 
Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was a big deal. You know, the whole world was bracing for uh, Armageddon, Ooh. almost right. Mm, yeah, yep. everyone almost. everyone was rushing to get their computers rebuilt. I think the the you know, the computer stores uh, made a fortune with the the whole Y two K scare. Yeah, and some of us just sat on the sidelines and was like, "This is entertaining as hell." So what? can people do as i said because it's a big city because there's a billion trillion things going on uh you thought you could mention a few different ways to celebrate new year's yeah so you know i think that uh there's there is lots going on and i i kind of like the simple stuff that that is is more like you know there is no party at nathan phillips square this year uh official party with music and entertainment okay, all yeah. night long so that that's that's not happening this year but there's still skating and there's still lights and music so you know it's a, it's a really wonderful um you know thing to do in downtown toronto go for a little walk and maybe a skate grab a hot chocolate somewhere or or just uh you know go in and enjoy nathan phillips square and and you know that's one thing i know my daughter she just loves going to the distillery district and you know, it can be sometimes uh, a little bit busy and a little bit out of the way, and, and you have to have reservations to get into a lot of those places, but still a, a really nice place to, to spend some Canadian outdoors on New Year's Eve. So I kind of like that. Last year, um, and this is sort of the second event, but we can talk about it now. Last year, uh, we, we jumped in, in my wife's car, and a couple of us just went down to, and found just any place along the lake and we and we watched the fireworks you know, i can't see very well and obviously um you know it wasn't as as exciting for me as as my sighted uh, family but at the same time you can hear it and it's all part mm -hmm. of that that you know just being part of the uh, activity and that you can hear those those bangers we went to um you know over by uh sort of the uh, humber uh we found a place and just walked on on the on the path so basically the the bike pedestrian path all the way from cherry beach all the way to um you know to burlington pretty That's much a nice you ride. Can probably see the fireworks uh, from that yeah. path so you know it, it's all happening at 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 um harbor front but you know we we could hear them and and i could sort of see them even if they weren't perfect but you know it is a it is a nice outdoorsy thing but there's lots going on when it comes to you know dim sum in chinatown or or going to a theater mm -hmm. or or you know going out and really blowing the budget at a at a at a restaurant with entertainment and and dancing and stuff like that so there's like you said there's just so many options it really just depends on um you know what's what's your uh you know what what's your interest and and i guess the other thing that i remember mostly about trying to figure out what to do on new year's was just seeing what everyone else was doing and and nobody <laughs> yep. nobody really wants to pull the pin until the last second and then all no, of a sudden no. it's either yep. you can't get in or, or whatever so you know whatever it is all i can what's say the is, better you know, invite right steven like sometimes yeah, you're like, what's exactly. the better thing to do? What? oh i never thought but some people steven and and i think you've said this kind of here um, do you say goodbye to that year, like we were laughing about 1999, and uh, and look yeah, forward, yeah. Or, or do you tend to feel that at, on that evening you're looking forward for the next year that you're welcoming in mm. or waving by? Well, I'm welcoming in because I figure, you know, I'm always positive looking forward instead of looking back. I learn from the past, but I don't want to dwell on it unless I'm telling a good story. And I do tell a lot of good stories. But my friends in Barbados, uh, you know, we, we spend a lot of time in the Caribbean uh, and in Barbados, they celebrate 
old old year's night uh and and they celebrate the previous year as as a rule and and i've been to a couple of those celebrations and they they you know that's that's what they call it and and, and it, it isn't new year's eve there it's old old year's night and and that's how they do it in barbados or, or bim as, as they familiarly call it hmm. um and i've been to a couple of those get-togethers and and yeah they go long and hard <laughs> i guess there are a lot of ways you can reflect but it is really even if you're saying goodbye to the last year there's still that aspect of looking forward to the next one right because what if you had a really crappy year then you want something to look forward to and that is uh the next 365 days yeah that's right hmm. and, and i guess well, I, I, I think there's a level of thankfulness too there's yeah, exactly. Be. But there's that yeah. there's that level of thankful uh, that hey, we made another one, you know. And I know that kind of sounds like ooh, well, what do you mean? But no, it's fair. It is to the reflect. truth of the matter, and I think that yeah. that's what you find in Barbados, right? They, you know, whether this, it's it's still that same celebration. Um, anything else around Toronto, such as those fireworks that go on down by the harbor, that you might want to just talk a little bit about? I know, like you were saying, walking and hearing everywhere that kind of thing is that that new year's feel i i still am out on the whole is new year's eve the fireworks or the laughter the music the performances i i i think it's a little bit of everything i think it's that yeah. uh that 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 ball dropping or you know just that 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 you know giving everyone a hug and a kiss and embracing your loved ones. And, and even if it's small or large or whatever, it's, it's, it's just that one moment almost, you know, that that's what we're all waiting for is, you know, it, even though it's not in Toronto, the ball drops in New York, but you know, we've been watching that ball drop. And I know yeah. my mom, for instance, she loves watching all of the new years around the world. Like, you know, Australia, yes. you know, it's a, it's a day, it's a day off. Right. So, you know, it's uh um, you know, we've got family that have gone to Australia for, uh, they, they left last week and, you know, she's like, well, you'll be celebrating before us sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's I the thing that, when right? you can do that now with the, the way the world with so much, so the world being so small due to the electronic age and, you know, old anxiety everywhere around is Guy Lombardo and, and you know, that, that we, we know that familiar tune to welcome in, which is kind of also a wonderful thing. I know those of us in London, Ontario, where Guy Lombardo's from, we're quite, hey, man, that's that's our Londoner yeah. song yeah. And, and that. So it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool thing when you think about it. But I, I always think that, too. It's those certain things. And for each of us, and I don't know, Stephen, no matter what age you are, some of these things have like for someone who's seven, eight years old, know that song and the ball drop. Yeah. There, there are things that people who are 90 know the ball drop and that song. There are those things that have been with New Year's Eve for so long that if you were to take yeah. that ball drop, that song away, everybody's like, what the heck? This is just another day. Yeah. 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 But I like the low key options as well. Uh, my parents never go out. So they just kind of hang out at home, but everyone's always awake for. Uh, the turn into the new year and it's still nice i you know one year was by myself it was two years ago because of covid unofficially and uh i was thinking like my goodness you know is there a bunch of us who are like this now spending time on their own because they had to self-isolate etc and i went on reddit and found a whole bunch of people who were experiencing new year's the way i was and at first i was like well this is kind of sad uh but then when you find people who you know were experiencing the same thing it's kind of nice because you're like oh we're all lonely together <laughs> yeah and that's the thing right and now so many people do that stuff whether they do it on their phone together and everything like that 
Um, Stephen, I just want to go back yeah. to the fireworks because even if you don't want to necessarily go out and check out one of the places to see it, you can also watch it through the city, right? The cultural yeah, YouTube channel, the city's cultural yep. YouTube channel. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's can, nice too. You can stream it. Yeah. Well, it I gives see. everybody that ability because, you know, not everybody can get out. And, you know, some people, you know, depending on the weather and, and what's going on. So yeah, you can, you can, you can view that. And I was surprised because we were, like I said, we were in the Humber Bay, out, you know, sort of uh, the bottom of Park Lawn there in the, in almost at the border of Etobicoke where the Humber River is. I was surprised how many people were out and we're talking, you know, pretty far away from Harborfront and, uh -huh. you know, by the, just the other side of Palace Pier sort of thing. And I was just, I couldn't believe, and th and then some of the condos in that area were having their own little sort of fireworks, and and there were so many people. The the, the bike path or that yes, whole yes. you know lakeshore path was full, and it was families of all ages, three generations, four generations of people, just you know enjoying it. And it, you know, here we're out there from like I think my wife had to wake me up to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, oh. and you know we're we're out there and it's like you know it it's it 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 just made it really special. Yeah. It was it was pretty yeah. cool. You know we've always we've always sort of stick stuck close to home in the last you know few years I guess as the kids got old you know it'll be fun whatever. still festive yeah. and it's nice but, that it's but, there to do it right yeah but we always wanted you know like you know, just stepping out. We'll probably do it again this year because we yeah. had so much fun last year. And, you know, we had a, a couple of friends with us and we just sort of went down and stood on that path for about 20 minutes, you know, and is it over yet? <laughs> no, they kept on going. Stephen, oh, have nice. a fantastic end to this year. Start to the next one. We're looking forward to continuing to chat with you uh, in okay. the new year. We've run out of time, yeah. but happy okay. 2024. Well, all the best. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Uh, yeah. Okay. See you in the new ho, year. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, hold the payments. <laughs> Good man. Oh, now. remember those? That's now to 1999. <laughs> Stephen Ricci is a community reporter. He's one of, and he specifically comes on to talk about Toronto and things going on in the city. And we'll be back with more community reports in the new year. Yeah, you bet. Nathan Phillips Square, they'll be closing all that down so the people will be on the move in Toronto that night. Coming up next, folks, uh, as 2023 comes to an end, we check in with registered nurse Leslie DePoe to discuss the most asked health questions of the year in a moment. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. When you have time, subscribe to the podcast, Kelly and Rumya, available to you. You can listen to the show in segment form. You can listen to the complete Kelly and Rumya podcast experience. Hey, Megan McGraw has our audio vanity card that you can find on the end of the full show podcast. Today. Nice. First time, her contributing one. It's cool. Check it out when you get time if you have to, if are you are listening to or prefer to listen to the show in the podcast version. Any way you can, we appreciate it. Maybe while you're in there, give us a rating and review. Rami Muthens here, Kelly McDonald. We're the hosts of the program. Rum's got that Christmas tree in behind her. I've got Christmas fire uh, in behind me off the set. Let's uh, bring in, as we love to do every month, we do a health check-in with Leslie DePoe. I'm Leslie 
Lexi DePoe, registered nurse, and there's nothing I love more than helping folks learn about their own health so they can be a better advocate for themselves and those around them. Join me for your health check-in where we chat all things health and wellness, and even a little bit of science from time to time. Leslie, we've done this before, had a great conversation. First of all, welcome back. Best of the season to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. We've done this tremendous chat at this time of the year about some of the things that are out there that are asked that what are those topics that people have really been the hot button health topics as we've, we've kind of been doing a little bit on our program in other areas. We're going to do it with you today. Yes, that's exactly it. And I'm quite looking forward to this too, because um, we are, we're going to talk about some, some top asked, top Googled questions of the year. I mean, there's nothing that a healthcare professional likes more than a, a patient who's already Googled their problem and told you exactly what they need. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but we do, we love the internet. <laughs> we love the internet. It's a wonderful tool in so many ways, but uh, getting all of your advice off of the internet, not necessarily your best move. So we're going to dive into some of these most Googled healthcare questions of the year. And I'm going to see if I can't help to give you some answers. All right, let's rock and roll. So first up, maybe it's just up because it's quite frankly, it's cold out and flu season and there are loads of bugs going around at this time, but it looks like you have at least two questions on your top 10 about strep throat. Wow. Yeah, go, go figure. Apparently strep throat's quite the hot topic this winter. If you want to be popular Yikes. at Christmas dinner, this is, this is the one to bring up. Please, please pick this over religion and politics this winter. Yeah, this is your easy topic. That's the water cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exactly. the big Christmas gap. conversation gap. tips from yeah, Leslie Yeah, that's the DePaul. Christmas gap right? for sure. Just clear it right out. Just clear your throat and, and speak you up. You got it. You got it. So uh, two of the top ten <laughs> questions from Google this year are how long is strep throat contagious and how contagious is it? So I'm going to see what I can answer for you. I mean, okay, so start with the basics. Strep throat's a bacterial infection, okay? And normally it makes people have a really sore throat, kind of scratchy throat as well. Just because you have a sore throat, does that mean you have strep throat? 100% no. This is just a small portion of sore throats are strep throat. Now, the issue with strep is if it's left untreated, you can end up with some pretty exciting complications, and I use that term loosely, um, like bad complications. So this is one of those things you do not want to ignore, okay? And that, like I'm talking like kidney problems, rheumatic fever, things that can start to help damage your heart as well with strep. It's actually mm. more common in kids um, than it is in adults, but it affects everybody. So what, essentially, if you have signs or symptoms of strep, you need to go to your doctor because there's a testing you can do. It's a quick swab. They do it in office. They confirm. They normally send out a secondary swab to the lab if they need to, but a lot of times just the in the in-office one is good enough to go with. The symptoms that we talk about with strep, you end up with a, a, a throat, like a sore throat. It normally comes on really quickly. Um, some people report difficulty swallowing, almost feels like you've got golf balls on the side of your neck. Uh, you go open your mouth in the mirror, it's red, uh, your tonsils are kind of swollen. Sometimes you see some white patches in the back of your throat, which is yummy. That's pus, good times. Again, people oh to bring this up to Christmas dinner. Um, and you get some tiny red spots too in the back. Sometimes a fever, sometimes a headache, sometimes a rash as well, body aches, that kind of thing. So here are your big red flag symptoms, okay? If you have a sore throat plus tender swollen lymph nodes, red flag. Sore throat that goes on more than 48 hours, red flag. Sore throat plus fever, sore throat plus rash, and then any kind of breathing difficulty, respiratory stuff. If any of that is happening, off to your doctor, okay? Um, another big red flag, we've talked about this on the, on the show before, but 
A, do not stop taking your antibiotics just because you start feeling better on day three. Okay, you have to continue the entire course of the antibiotics that otherwise all you did was kill the easy stuff up front and the big bad stuff keeps going and that's why we've got bugs that are resistant to antibiotics. So finish your course of antibiotics. Also a red flag if you've been taking your antibiotics and you're not feeling better in 48 hours. Okay, so that's kind of your nitty gritty on what does it look like? What do we do with it? Now, how contagious is it? This is a heck of a question, but it was most Googled, so I'm going to try my best. It really depends on whether or not you're on antibiotics. Um, if you're taking antibiotics, like you've been properly diagnosed with strep, and now you've got something to take, your risk of infecting somebody else goes down really significantly within the first 24 to 48 hours on the antibiotics, okay? If you are not on antibiotics, either because you are just kind of sucking it up and pretending this isn't happening, or because you've got other reasons you can't take them, you can actually remain contagious for several weeks. Oh I don't my. really know how to quantify yeah, it's long, which is why this is why it passes around real quickly. Because uh -huh. you don't have mm -hmm. to be like on, on death's door to be giving it to somebody else. So the big piece is that when you look at those red flags that I just chatted about, get in and see your doc. Like I said, it's a quick, it's a swab and a dip while you're sitting there in the physician's office and you will know. And if you know, you walk out with your antibiotics and you're done. I don't really know how to quantify how contagious it is. The bottom line is it's definitely contagious uh, and it spreads through droplet contact. So same thing we've all been practicing for the last three years, uh, cough, sneezes, sharing beverages, fluid. You can pick it up if you've walked, you know, your kids have wiped their snotty nose and touched the door handle. That's how this stuff gets passed around. So the bottom line is know what your red flags are, good hand hygiene, good overall public health uh, kind of top of mind practices. You know, if you don't feel well, don't go to the family dinner. If you don't, you know, if you're, if you've been prescribed antibiotics, take them for their full course. Um, but otherwise, like I said, I think we've got lots of good practice over the last two years about how to manage that part of it. So I definitely encourage you to continue with those practices. Okay. Um, I'm curious about the rhyme and reason behind the next one. Another question that appears to be on people's minds this year is how to stop snoring. Really? I love this. I have no idea why this was. All I can think is maybe people are still on the hot end of they didn't fully go back to work or something, and they're just around their loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not looking for themselves. They're looking for their Googling. bed buddies. Okay. It's that's all the I breathing think. appointments. It's all the sleep <laughs> the sleep appointments people are trying to have that's and the right. new machines out there. That's a you know, fair the sleep assessment, machines. though. Oh, yeah. I do. You're just taking too many naps. You guys are right about this. No, but it's true. And the truth is, it's very rare that snorers are the one to say, hey, I think I snore. I'm really disturbing myself. Totally right. That's right. I'm really disturbing myself. I've accused many people of snoring, but it's never been myself. Okay, so. And never you. Me neither. I sleep like an angel. What are you talking about? Okay, so here's the deal. What is snoring to begin with? The bottom line is air is not easily flowing through either your nose or your mouth. And that's a whole bunch of reasons. You could have allergies, you can have a stuffy nose, but you can also have these larger structural issues. So people who have like a long soft palate, poor muscle tone, believe it or not, bulky throat tissues, which is a thing, um, all of this just kind of means that you can have some trouble. For the most part, mild snoring, you know, the cute kind that Ramya and I do, yeah. not a problem. <laughs> but if it's if it's the big kind of snoring, the kind that makes it sound like you've stopped breathing, this is a big problem. So, like, you're 100% right, Kelly. Like, this is where you're going to a, to a sleep study. This is where you're seeing your GP. This is where you have a fancy CPAP machine. And the real concern is because people actually obstruct their airway. 
And that if you've ever been in a room with someone with sleep apnea, it is terrifying. I will tell you, as a nurse, when I first started, we'd do rounds in the middle of the night. I'd hold mm. up a flashlight to see if somebody's, you know, your stomach's moving, just make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. And I stood in front of a guy's bed for 30 seconds, and he didn't do <gasps> anything. And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that is scary. Are we to call a code? And then all of a sudden, he goes, and comes back to life again. So oh, my. people can do this, and it is extreme how long you can stop breathing, how many times in a minute, like 30 or more times a minute people yep. stop breathing. Um, so, listen, there are easier things like the nose strips or dehumidifiers. That's going to maybe help you with those minor issues. If you have obstructive sleep apnea, you need a medical assessment, usually followed by uh, an appointment at the sleep clinic and then normally followed by a super cool sleeping device like a CPAP. <laughs> the reason this is so significant is because when you stop breathing, your body's oxygen levels drop and the body reacts by producing epinephrine, so like almost like adrenaline. It's a stress hormone. Mm. And over time, high levels of that is what contributes to high blood pressure. It starts to damage the lining of your blood vessels. It can start to raise levels of harmful cholesterol and other blood fats. That leads to clogged arteries, poor heart muscle function. People with untreated sleep apnea are twice as likely to have a heart attack compared to those who don't have it. Okay, so if your loved one in the house is like, I stood in front of your bed for 20 seconds and you didn't make a sound, time to book the appointment. You need to get on top of this. This is not the one that we ignore. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, thank goodness, are hearing those other things, that what it does to the blood vessels and, and the potential mm -hmm. for raising your, your chance of heart attacks. Leslie, awesome. Okay, our next thing we want to get into, at other questions that made that top 10 Google most searched out uh, questions related to mental health. Uh, specifically, mm -hmm. people are looking for symptoms related to certain diagnoses, ADHD, for example, and depression. Yeah, absolutely. Another, a couple more hot topics and for good reason. And I'm going to try and give you some insight here, but I cannot stress this enough. Um, this is not something you are meant to be diagnosing on your own. Okay, there is clinical criteria for this. I'm going to give you some general ideas about it now, just in case you go, oh, gee, that sounds like me. It does not mean, oh, that sounds like me. This is what I have. And now I'm going to launch into my own personal treatment plan. Okay, if this sounds like you, we need to get you the support that you need. And it exists out there. Okay, so you need to advocate for yourself. You need to know yourself and you need to have these conversations with healthcare providers. Okay, when we look at ADHD, there are several categories that we kind of explore. Um, so that means parts of the diagnosis include inattention as well as hyperactivity or impulsivity. So inattentive symptoms are things like you have a really hard time listening, inability to complete tasks, failure to focus, short attention span. But then the impulsivity or the hyperactivity side could be restlessness, um, you're impulsive during interactions. Uh, you have a hard time waiting your own turn for things. Um, and then in addition, your healthcare professional is going to look at how long these symptoms have been going on. Were they present as, as a child? Did they affect you in social settings? Does it affect you at work or school? So there's a couple different factors we, we have to group together when we're looking at the ADHD, uh, ADHD side of thing or ADD slash ADHD. With regards to depression, again, multiple criteria that we, we explore, and that includes everything from your mood, uh, weight loss or weight gain, your sleep cycles, uh, feeling tired, uh, feelings of worthlessness or disinterested in, in, in things that used to bring you joy. We, again, we have to put all these symptoms in context. And again, those are evaluated based on duration, severity, and impact to, to your daily life. I mean, the truth is, I just see so much of this on, on social media right now, on Instagram and on TikTok. And it's, it's lovely that we want to do more 
self-care and read more about these things, I think it's great. I just want to be really cautious about the language we use. And that's why I say, mm. if this sounds like you, you need to have a real conversation with a healthcare professional. I see this a lot with OCD, of all things, obsessive compulsive disorder, where people are kind of using this as a colloquial term, like, oh, I know I, I have to wash the dishes after I'm done eating. It's because I have OCD. This is this, That's a real diagnosis. And you needing to wash the dishes, in fairness, might be part of an OCD diagnosis. It might not. So I just want to be really cautious, like ADD, ADHD, depression, anxiety. Like these are a lot that we're kind of tossing around really mm. willy-nilly. And if it's because we're opening up dialogue, I think that's fabulous. I just want to stress that if it's because you're you're feeling like you're reading something on the internet and you're like, oh my goodness, they're speaking to me. This is it. They're in my head. Great. I'm glad you found something that makes you feel seen and heard. But now you need to have a conversation with somebody that can actually help you through the rest of it. Like just talking about it and pointing at it is it's great first step. Mm-hmm. We need to go the next step further. And I just really want to caution people around using this one at the dinner table and starting to tell other people <laughs> what you think you might have based on what Exactly. Based on what yes, Uncle yes, John, that's it. Like, can't wait for the turkey. I know what your problem is. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to be careful about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you're worried about those dishes because they need to be done. Um, Leslie, absolutely exactly. fantastic. <laughs> oh, as usual, fantastic. Well, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say thank you, guys. You know, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. I feel very fortunate that we get to have the kinds of oh, conversations man. we do. And Us too. And so we've opened up the doors for some bigger chats, then that's a great thing. So thanks again for everything. And uh, and here's to a happy and healthy 2024 for all of us. Thank you. Thanks, Leslie. We'll see you in the new year. And these chats, we look forward to them. So full of information. Take care of yourself. You too, guys. Registered- Registered nurse Leslie DePoe joins us on the second Wednesday of the month for our health check-in. Up next, folks, what were some of the biggest sports stories of the year? Brock Richardson, he's going to be here to discuss them with us and give us some idea. And, oh, 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 hold on. I think he's even got some more information on that show. You know it. His little uh, favorite show because it's a great show. And it's coming back, The Neutral Zone. We'll talk to him about it all and more after this. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Now, we talk about the Christmas show. Friday, you can check us out. We've got a first hour with some interesting content, including Christmas. And then the second hour, we really get going. So we've done some moving around here on the program. Rumya Booth and Kelly McDonald, hosts of Kelly and Rumya. Welcome, folks. Uh, we welcome in to talk some sports, which we usually do on Fridays with Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. So we know you got some leadoff stuff for us, Brock, and one of them I, I kind of teased before the break, once again, doing it, giving up. You can't trust me with some of these secrets. Where are we starting, sir? That's okay. This this one was not as, as much of a secret this time, mm. so you're good. Um I told you that if I had a date to give you last Friday, I would come on and give you said date. I do have a date. Uh, It just was given to me within the last hour, so this is literally breaking news. The Neutral Zone podcast will drop for the first time in about four months or so on January 2nd. We will be recording it on uh, every Monday, and then it will be released about 24 hours after that. So 
I am dragging my team and we're going to do the recording on New Year's Day. Some are a little grumbly about that. I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to do it and we're going to be we're going to enjoy it. So it'll be good, uh, good conversations and stuff like that. But uh, tune in for our relaunch of the Neutral Zone on uh, January 2nd. And again, as I reiterated last week, if you are already subscribed to the podcast, you're good to go there. So that's the information I have for you on that. That is very um, close. So, and so quickly, like, are you yeah. guys ready? Like, with the announcement, when are you taping? Ready? have you already prepped it? And do you know what the show's going to look like? I have had the first episode ready for, like, three weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good to go on this one. Uh, we're taping at uh, 1 o'clock on, uh, on New Year's Day. So oh, wow. So it will be released the next day after that. So, so very exciting. Okay, lovely. Get them before they uh, have their uh, New Year's Day dinners or anything like that and they're falling asleep. I don't know. You're going to have some hangovers because of New Year's Eve, but you'll manage. Sometimes sometimes do that. They fall asleep. Hangovers? Who has has hangovers (laughs) on New Year's Day anyway? No, no. Who has co-hosts that fall asleep? Not yet. Anyways, um, what else? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Uh, This is my last segment of uh, 2023. So I thought I would give you guys a little bit of the top three stories. Now, I kind of stretched my own rules on this one, and we'll have a laugh about it in a minute. But uh, first story I would have for you is that the Professional Women's Hockey League was able to be developed and they drafted their players this year after really not having a league. So for me, that's story number three. If we look at story number two, I would say to you that Christine Sinclair's retirement was one that was really good. I mean, she is iconic, far beyond just soccer. She developed women's sports, lots of women, um, you know, developed in different games and they love sports. So to me, mm-hmm. this is number two. If um, we look at... I, I just want to stop you Go there ahead. just for a second because both of these, as we've talked about, women's leagues, um, women's athletics, which we have seen such a disparity between men and women over the years. We know there's a soccer league, a professional soccer league starting as well in 2024, uh, ladies ladies league. The, the business with hockey, to me, tremendous. Um, Christine Sinclair been really working behind the scenes helping make the environment of soccer so much better. But, Brock, I have to say, we've heard of a ladies' hockey league. The discussion, the calls came out four or five years ago, and and I'm sure beyond those who aren't in the know of this kind of subject uh, really probably can attest to how long this has gone on. But when we think about relatively how quick this league, when people said, it's go time, go, it came to be, um, is it me? Was it fast? Was it, and from what I hear, when people reported to practices, a really welcoming professional environment? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of inside knowledge too. Like, I I knew that the draft was going to be a thing in Toronto and I knew that that was going to be, but I was literally upstairs at a taping of Family Feud Canada and then all of a sudden the, the draft was started and it's like, Oh yeah, we're here now. Like we're we're doing this, you know, and it's so yes, I would say to you that the speed at which this has come together after everybody just kind of goes, "Uh, can we really get this going? Are we really going to get the support, etc." If we look at the game that Toronto's playing to uh, start off uh the year against uh New York on New Year's Day, 
this was sold out in minutes. Minutes. Like, this is a league that I think is going to have, you know, that period where everyone's going to be excited. They're all going to be happy about it. And you're going to see games, you know, uh, people sell out. But what we need to do is continue and sustain, sustain, sustain beyond just the, oh, this is exciting. This is flashy. This is new. Because there is lots of talent in this league that yep. really needs to be showcased. So for me, yeah. I'm excited that this sold out in minutes, but I want to see it sustained all through the regular season because I think the women really, truly deserve it. So And beyond feeding the Olympic team. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Okay. Um, I think you wanted to bring up Draymond Green last time. We didn't get enough time. So what's going on with the NBA in regards to the player, Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green? Yeah, so just before we get there, I just want to finish my oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. list. Uh, 1B, this is where I kind of stretched my, my list a little bit. Uh, it, and the fact that uh, the MLB decided to make some rule changes. They implemented the pitch clock, which we've talked about. That was the this larger year. Bases, wow. The no shift, mm-hmm. etc. This has made the game way, way more exciting. It's made it Thank where God. people are excited about it they're they're really happy they're they're excited to say baseball is moving quicker when you figure that there was like 20 minutes taken off of every game this is what baseball wanted so for me this is number uh number one b and one a is uh that Shohei Otani signed his $700 million deal with the LA Dodgers and this is the largest contract in North Mm. American sports so that's my list for the uh, the top three slash kind of four as I <laughs> definitely four definitely and, and I agree <laughs> I, I think you're right I mean I love the baseball changes for me it made a huge difference in the sport and I'd like to think longtime fans felt the same yeah and I'd like to think people who are on the cusp of do I like am I interested in this sport or not are people Would still complaining. Was it? It uh, was such a big deal before they made the change. I'm yeah. so curious about you know. That... I don't think a lot were because people like the speed of it, but the traditionalists. Yeah, the traditionalists. But baseball. I think, yeah, Brock. But we saw not as much of certain things we thought we would. Not as much but, base stealing. Not as much of some of the things we thought this would happen. Mm. So I kind of was a little oh, but I still love the speed of the game more than anything. I love the pitch clock. It went up, but not not as much as an increase as you would have thought. And Romeo, you're always gonna get those traditionalists that mm-hmm. say, "Don't change this. I I like this. Don't change this because yeah. that's what happens." And baseball yeah. has those traditionalists that say, "Don't do this and don't you know don't change this." And, oh, and that's baseball fine. culture and is so it's still big. Chew tobacco and spit it out on the field. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah. and, you know, it's obvious that you're gonna get that beforehand. But I'm very curious about you know just less than a year of the implementation if the reactions have died down significantly or if there are you know still a whole bunch of people who are stomping their feet and pounding their fists and being like, you know, how dare you? This is horrible. Yeah, for um, sure. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, it, okay. it will be what it will be. Mm. Now, Draymond Green? Yes. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Draymond Green. Draymond Green will be suspended indefinitely as he uh, slapped a Phoenix Suns player Yusef Nurchic in the face in a recent game uh this is the third time draymond green has been ejected from the game for different behavior draymond green will need to seek counseling and support 
from the league and the Warriors before the league will let him return to play. And I'm here to say this week it was announced a couple of days ago that he's not going to be returning anytime soon. And the one thing I'll say here, guys, is it's a privilege to play professional sports. It's not a right. It's not, oh, I'm so-and-so and I deserve to play. I'm Draymond Green. No, if you act like that, you don't deserve to play uh, sports. You obviously have an issue going on if you're Draymond. You need to get that sorted out. And as you and I talked about offline, Kelly, it's the lack of remorse for Youssef that he had in the press conference. It was like, oh, yeah, it's just a basketball play, and I and I just mm. fly, flail my arms around regularly. No, that's not that's not the way we play basketball. No. Um when you say anytime soon, and it's it's not, it's not likely, has he refused a recommendation of treatment, or is it beyond that? Even if he gets the treatment, there's some other areas they're seeing or need to see before he would be welcomed back to the sport. I haven't directly heard that he's refused treatment. I haven't, you know, directly seen that report, but I have to wonder whether they're saying. This isn't changing anytime soon, whether he's cooperating, because he literally, like I just said, had no remorse. So it, for me, it would be hard for me to think, is he going to cooperate? Because he doesn't really think he did anything wrong, at least publicly right now as we sit here. And the other thing before we move off the Draymond Green situation, this is a guy who has lost over $1 million in fines through the NBA. He needs to learn to to you know, play better and respect the game of basketball because these kind of actions don't respect it, in my opinion. This should have been dealt with last year when he slapped Poole, um, Jordan Poole, his teammate, you know, at practice, what? and you get upset. Like, I understand people in football, in the NFL, you get some pretty wild practices in spring training, well, not spring training, but in, in exhibition, ca in camp, when they're, when they're breaking in and bringing guys in and stuff like that by the nature of the sport. Basketball, there's no room. No room for any of that stuff. Soccer, no room for it. And this guy has gotten away with like it getting as off far on as warnings for a while. Yeah. yeah, like you just this guy has gotten away. Like last year, slapping your teammate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you just don't yeah. out of practice, let alone hurting guys in games. It's too easy to, to put a finger in someone's eye, being careless like this, or mm. bust their orbital bone. Like it's too easy. And if you're and, doing and that you know stuff, what? you clearly have something going on that you need to step back from the sport and get some supports oh, with. Yeah, yeah. There, there you has do. to be. I, I don't want to put the word. I'm. I have to say it the way. There's got to be a bro code where you say we're teammates here, and you're slapping me in the face. What's going on here? And organizations, we're, we're, right? Like we're we're, we're, yeah. we're one in the same. Like what are we doing it, here? Right. Well, you can't right. go it's on just this nonsense. I'm just for the game. Yeah, you can't just go on that. You, like you know that. Oh, I'm just such a such a competitor. Yeah, but that's why, that's why they're organizations. That's why we sign things. That's why sports yeah. is not managed by the individuals, nor the teams, nor the coaches. There are big, big entities that are paying these guys good money to show up and to be, uh, like, on best behavior, you know? And, and there has to be consequences. Exactly. Yeah. It is work. It is. And, yeah. it, you know, regardless, yeah, we can say he needs a support system and he's got anger management issues or behavioral issues that need to be tended with. But uh, as well, like we can't just, you know, let things slide, number one. And number oh. two, I do appreciate rehab, you know, like in any circumstance, I do think that there's got to be a 
a door open for people to come back, to people to, uh, for people to have the option to say, hey, give me another chance I've dealt with or I'm dealing with, or here are the supports that I uh, have in order to help me on a better path. But, you know, if there's no remorse and there's no practice from the organizations to make things better for players and the sport overall, then what are we waiting for? But exactly. there has to be you can say I'm gonna go to gonna go to rehab, but there has to be a concrete difference yeah. that the team sees, the organization, the NBA. Oh, absolutely. You, well, there has just, to be the plan and follow up. Yeah, exactly. Part of you, that accountability is on the organization, period. You you can't just say, Oh, I have this certificate that says I did this, and so therefore I'm fine. I'm perfect. It takes work beyond that. And and I think that that's something we have to learn from this too. I, I don't want to see Dream on on the court until I actually have legitimate bona fide. This is what we see yeah. different. We trust him what he's done. Well, you can't say to him in four weeks, okay, you can come back now. No, no, you got to learn. Just from based this. on what Listen. a suspension, like nothing's been dealt with. And this guy has hurt people. I'm sorry. Exactly. That's you can't what's trust happened. him period. And, and it's just ridiculous in my opinion. So you want to talk to us about your favorite uh, holiday tradition, the world junior hockey tournament. Absolutely. Uh, but it start, starts, yes, junior hockey tournament. Starts on uh, Boxing Day. Group A will have Canada, Sweden, Finland, Germany, and Latvia. Interesting note here Canada mm. kicks off its tournament against Finland and will, will not play Sweden on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Rather, it will be Germany. Usually, we play one of the big powerhouses on New Year's Eve to kind of ring in the new year but this year the scheduling is a bit different pool b is united states czechia slovakia switzerland and norway and i love the fact that when this tournament is in north america i love it because it's like oh yes you got good crowds you you love it this is all good it, it's got a really big turnout mm -hmm. but this year it's in sweden and i love it because the timing is such different where the latest game is 1.30 in the afternoon, so anybody that's got, like, Boxing Day plans or anything ah. like that can get their juniors in and move on with their day. So I love this, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, that's really tremendous. Uh, Brock, real quick, anything on the NFL to tease anyone going into Christmas? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of teams in the uh, NFC that's at 7-7. Seven and seven. The teams that take up the last three playoff spots are all at seven and seven. So any NFC game, please, please catch up and watch because there is going to be implications everywhere in the NFC. So stay tuned for that. And I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you guys. I know I'm back for the quiz on Friday, but thank you guys for another year of sports. And I always love coming on chatting with you guys and appreciate the support beyond with the neutral zone. So thank you. Thanks, Brocky. Thank you. Good luck to all you guys with the Neutral Zone, our chance before you guys do that first show. And enjoy your Christmas watching of NFL and NBA this year for the first time. Brock Richardson joins us on the program Fridays generally to talk sports. Always love his headlines and what he brings to us to discuss and, and debate about. We'll step aside for a moment. We'll wrap up the show when we return and find out what's going on on Now with Dave Brown on their Thursday edition. And I've got an interesting closing moment that I think we need to talk and think about. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Okay, folks, it's time to 
wrap up the program for today. I hope you'll stick around. We've got a few things to get to. First, reminding you to check out the podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. If you're in there, please give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate it for the show. And you can listen to the show in segment form. You can listen to the complete show where the audio vanity card is provided for you at the end today. Uh, Megan McGraw puts it uh, puts it together for us and uh, gets into what is on her mind to share with us as what the vanity card is all about at the end of the full show podcast. The gang over at Now at Day Brown, you can find them also available via podcast, or you can check them out at 9 a.m. in the morning. Ramya's got a bit of an idea what's going on on their show tomorrow. Yep, Thursday edition of Now with Dave Brown. Mark Aflalo from Access Tech Live, our favorite show at noon Eastern on AMI-tv on Thursdays, is going to be sharing highlights, tech highlights of 2023. Don Dickinson is going to talk about how the Toronto Humane Society is uh, setting up a food bank for pets and their families because uh, people are having inflationary challenges and that is not just for ourselves and our bellies but of course for our pets as well contributor peter parsons is discussing goalball qualifications coming up that will lead to the paralympic games for uh, canadian men's and women's there's a lot going on over there we just had the world championships as well so coming out of that and going into 2024 he'll keep us posted I'm joining the gang over on Access Tech Live tomorrow. Thanks, guys, for the invite. Looking forward to the great conversation. If you're around, check us out. And, of course, we'll be back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. But first, let's talk about our closing moment today. Santa Claus is gifting the Internet with an important message about consent. On December 10th, Florida mom Katie Love took her three-year-old daughter Adley to take pictures with Santa. When Santa asked Adley, do you want to sit on my lap, the little girl responded, with a firm no. Santa reacted by praising Adley for being able to communicating her wants and setting her own boundaries. Mother asked him to repeat what he said so she could record it. The video has been seen more than 1.6 million times mm. online over on TikTok. Now, uh, Santa said, I said, this is her body. And he explained in the clip, I asked if she wanted to sit on my lap, and she said no. And I said, what a way to stand up for yourself. You can't let even Santa Claus, if Santa Claus says, do you want to sit on my lap? If you don't want to, you say no. And he, uh, at home, Love and her husband, Aaron Martin, say that Adley never has to receive a hug or a kiss from anyone, including her parents, if she doesn't want to. Adley knows she can give a high five if she chooses to, and it is her choice to say, don't pressure her mm -hmm. to have, she knows this, any unwanted or, at the moment, undesired contact with anybody. This isn't the days of, hey, go sit on your creepy uncle's lap, because that's what he said. And um, these are really valuable things that were said in this item. Check it out. Check the video out. Um, I think really important message, you know, and I think a lot of us will say, yeah, I didn't like that or I wasn't comfortable with that. And I'm sure it brings for a lot of people other thoughts. And, and hey, you know what? A message like this online, Rum, is really important. Of course it is. Draw your boundaries. And that starts very, very young. We've had... Mm, Tons, numerous conversations with Lucia Belafonte about what it means for parents to encourage your kids to uh, have boundaries, especially with touching, and be able to stand up for yourself or your kid, like advocate, and say, uh, I'm sorry, but if she says no, that's a no. And I love the Santa reaction because so many people yeah, would have yeah. worried about how, oh, I'm embarrassed. That was said. Santa took, as Santa would, uh, took charge and said, very good. 
and praised that child because of that and shared that with others. And um, obviously very important. And I guess you'd expect that from Santa. On our show tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, the winter solstice starts, and we talk about the history of it with Christine Malik on our Curious Minds segment. Tune in for the roundtable. We got a special guest, Sam Cosentino of Sportsnet. We're going to dive into everything World Juniors. We'll talk about a few other things, too, because I'm kind of curious. What's Sam's favorite food to settle back at home at Christmas and watch sports? You might want to think about that, too, because I'm probably going to ask you, being the overwhelming sports watcher you are. Thank you for the hint. We'll see you tomorrow, folks, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. Waving at you. Take care, folks. That means Merry Christmas in my native Irish language. It's Megan here, the visual producer from the Kelly and Rami show. I'm Raven of Vanity Card today. I wanted to say hi to y'all and wanted to say a big thanks for watching the show this year. I'm a year at AMI now and boy, what a year it's been. I've worked with the nicest and the best team you could ask for. I'm not saying it's all been smooth sailing because we've definitely had our challenges moving to, to TV, but I can honestly say the roller coaster has been worth it. I can't wait to tell you all more about me, what's coming up on the show. A little bit about me. I come from a small rural village in County Mayo in Ireland, which it's known for its big cliffs. Uh, One of the few Irish speaking counties left in Ireland. Green fields, obviously, and the longest running football team to not have won an All-Ireland final. In Gaelic football but I won't get into that today I think that's a vanity all to itself a bit of a leaf story there well this Christmas I'm staying around good old Toronto celebrating with fellow expats who are staying around this holiday there will be singing dancing games and of course a few beverages may be had I'm definitely looking forward to it I hope you all have a great holiday can't wait for the new exciting year ahead but for now I won't keep you any longer I'm happy to finally introduce myself and I can't wait to tell you all more Sloan Gafol bye join me every couple weeks for the outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast where we learn about outdoor tech and tips plus we look at news affecting the environment AMI's outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider